Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show. Live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Okay, we had a march for science. Now we need a march for history. Hey, hello, everybody, after Donald Trump's comments yesterday. What do you say? Great to see you. Thank you for joining us. It is The Bill Press Show, and this is Tuesday, May the 2nd. Welcome to the program. Great to see you, and thank you for joining us wherever you happen to be in this great land of ours. We are there with you, alongside of you, with all the news of the day, the headlines of the day. you got to run fast to keep up with stuff that's going on these days. We'll bring you up to date and give you a chance to sound off about it. Uh, we've got some great guests for you today. Van Newkirk from The Atlantic, Matt Fuller from Huffington Post, as well as uh, Jen Bendery from uh, Huffington Post, doubling up on HuffPo this morning. Uh, and uh, we, of course, you are the guests, the most important guests of all, and we look forward to hearing from you. Your comments on the news of the day uh, on Twitter, at BP Show. Uh, yes, indeed, top stories of the day. In addition to the butcher of the Philippines, Donald Trump says now he wants to sit down and meet with Kim Jong-un. Yeah, he loves those autocratic dictators around the world. Uh, he, I think he thinks he's one of them. Uh, House Republicans are still trying to get health care passed this week. They want to get rid of it, get rid of, rid of that hot potato and send it over to the Senate. One more big head rolls at Fox and Donald Trump now cutting back on Michelle Obama's school lunch program. All of that coming up. But first, this is right, the Full Peter. Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. Now, this is in pretty poor taste. Remember when we dropped a bunch of bombs on Syria back on April 6th? Yes. It was when the president of China was uh, in town. They were at Mar-a-Lago. Having chocolate cake. Having chocolate cake. Yes. Well, yesterday, Wilbur Ross, Commerce Secretary, was giving a speech at the Milken Institute Global Conference, and he said, quote, just as dessert was being served, the president explained to Mr. Xi that he had something he wanted to tell him, which was the launching of 59 missiles into Syria. It was in lieu of after-dinner entertainment. The crowd, of course, oh. laughed, and Ross continued and said, quote, The thing was, it didn't even cost the president anything to have that entertainment. End quote. Talk about uh, poor oh. taste. We have a little surprise for you uh, after dinner, yes. Uh, normally we might have after dinner drinks, but tonight we're just going to bomb another country. Bomb another country. Yeah. Using taxpayer dollars, but it doesn't cost Donald Trump. It doesn't cost anything. One dime. Uh, are you a derby guy? Do you watch Kentucky Derby? Yes, because it's only two minutes. Two, it's Exactly. It's easy to, it's yeah, easy right. to take in. Well, it's this weekend, of course. 
I I don't really watch. I, I go to parties. I just watch, seriously, I watch. Find out what time it is and just watch that two minutes. Well, you now have a horse to root for. You should be rooting for Patch. Patch is the three-year-old horse who's in the race, made it to the race despite only having one eye. There's a one-eyed horse in the Kentucky Derby this year. Now, his owner says that he thinks he has an actual real chance of winning. One morning, this uh, horse woke up. This was like a year ago. Woke up with swelling and tearing in his eye. They took him to the, hospital, the, the animal hospital. They tried to save it. They couldn't save it. Uh, but he's still racing with one eye. That's amazing. Does he have a patch on the other eye? Uh, no. No, it's it's just sort of shut now. But did they rename him Patch? Yeah, after they renamed he lost him after he lost the oh, eye. Yeah, I don't know what his name was before right, <laughs> before okay. the patch. But uh, <laughs> and qu- quickly to the political news uh, in Texas, if Democrats want to take back the Senate, one of the people they really need to beat is Ted Cruz in Texas. Yesterday, Joaquin Castro has said he is not going to run at, I know, a run I know. against Ted Cruz, but he did say, for now, that's his decision. It's so, an uphill battle right now. Yeah, it is an uphill battle right now. Uh, so right now, Democrats are running someone named Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. Beto O'Rourke. He's the one that went on the road trip with his uh, Republican colleague. Oh, yeah. Perhaps he thinks he won some hearts that way. Good luck. Yeah. I'll be Joaquin. Yeah, I was disappointed. It would be great for humanity to get Ted Cruz out of the United States Senate. On your radio, on TV, and online, this is The Bill Press Show. What do you say, everybody? Great to see you today on a Tuesday, Tuesday, May 2nd, the Bill Press Show coming to you live from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, and um, our little studio right here on Capitol Hill in the heart of the action. Yes, indeed, a lot happening yesterday uh, in the Congress and at the White House. We'll bring you up to date on all of it as we reach out to you on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show, reaching out to you on Free Speech TV, looking at you on Free Speech TV, and joining you on uh, WCPT out in Chicago. Hello, everybody. Coast to coast, it's good to be with you in this great land of ours. And we have a uh, brand new uh, announcement, a brand new way of reaching you today. Uh, we want to tell you about it is called Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Uh, and uh, Patreon is uh, a new platform for us. We're going to be putting up some very special exclusive uh, interviews and columns and articles on Patreon, in addition to all the stuff that you get on YouTube or in our podcast every day, uh, for a very low monthly cost. And you can go to Patreon, sign up. We encourage you to go to Patreon, sign up, and uh, get all this extra special stuff that we're preparing. In fact, pretty soon, we're going to be putting up a very special interview with Greta Van Susteren uh, from MSNBC, now MSNBC. And pretty soon, a special project we're working on called um, the... Making of Bernie the making, Sanders. The making, the of, the Bernie making Sanders. of Bernie Sanders. Yeah. All about Bernie Sanders, how he got started 
how the campaign got started, how the campaign went along, and what he's doing now. We, we've talked about this a lot, but it's it's going to be really great for you to tell your story of where you were. And not just mine. We're going to have the people in who were right, right, right. No, the campaign. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're going to be talking to some people who were right there in the mix. But for people who don't know, the Bernie Sanders campaign for president was launched in your house. My living room. Yes. And what was served? Well, or the, should should they have to read John Allen's book? They have to read John Allen's <laughs> book. Got it. That was right. That was the first dinner and then the second dinner. Yeah. So, but if you go to patreon.com patreon.com slash BP show, you can contribute, and we're going to be putting out all this special uh, programming. There are also a lot of other cool little perks there, like we can engage with you on social media. Uh, we'll set up private live streams. We will. You get your name in the credits. We even have a, a an option there where if people want to contribute. You will leave them a personalized voicemail greeting. I didn't agree to that. Well, we're gonna have to. D- we'll, 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 we'll have to check the script on everyone that comes in. Uh, but. Yeah. Okay. Right. So it's Patreon. P A T R E O N dot com. Just went up. Just started. It's the future, man. Yesterday. It's it is it's the going, future. No, it really is the way it's going. By the way, I spoke to a uh, class of um, journalism students out at um, uh, at George Washington University yesterday afternoon. Um, and they all knew. They all knew Patreon, and half of them were subscribers to Patreon. Nice, yeah. Not I mean, our show yet, because it just started. Yeah, but soon. Just starting, but yeah. Uh, but it was not, it was, they were with it, right? So this is, uh, this is the future. Uh, and we invite you to uh, join us there uh, to talk about all the important issues of the day. Where do we start? Well, yesterday, it's, it's, it's just hard to figure out where to start with Donald Trump because he says so much and none of it makes any sense. Uh, we know, yeah, and we mentioned that yesterday he had sort of stunned everybody, uh, including members of his staff, when he uh, wanted to place a call for some reason to the president of the Philippines, Duterte. And then he said, this is, this is the thug, this is the killer, this is the guy who has been, uh, this is, this is not just some theory, right? I mean, he has actually ordered so-called extrajudicial killings of any suspected drug dealers or drug users and jailed hundreds and hundreds of journalists in the Philippines, a ruthless, brutal dictator, mass murderer. Uh, extrajudicial means they just gun him down in the streets, right? No trial, no rest, no trial, no evidence, no nothing. Totally outside the court system. These are secret goons, police who work for Duterte. Anyhow, Trump calls him up, said they had a very friendly conversation, and he invited Duterte to come to the White House and be a, his guest at the White House for an official state visit. You know, some people say, well, this is good. He'll talk to anybody. No, this is not good. You know, what this means is think about it, right? Bibi Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, gets a state visit. Theresa May, the Prime Minister of the UK, gets a straight visit, a, a state visit. Francois Hollande, the President of France, Angela Merkel, gets a state visit. Justin Trudeau from Canada gets a state visit. And then you put Duterte on an equal level with them? This ruthless killer? No. No, the White House means something. The presidency means something. A phone call is bad enough. And they give the, ex- the lame excuse for it is that, well, you know, we want to isolate North Korea as if having Duterte 
show any displeasure is going to stop Kim Jong-un in his tracks. Right? Oh, oh my God, Duterte is unlike me. I'll give up my nuclear power. I'll give up all of our nuclear bombs. If Oh, no, no. Whatever you do, please don't have Duterte say anything bad about me. It is insane. It makes no sense at all. Uh, Elliot Engel, Congressman Elliot Engel from New York, yesterday um, I thought made, uh, made 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 a good point about with uh, he was on with Greta Van Susteren on MSNBC last night about why you don't hang out with guys like this. There have been thousands upon thousands of people uh, killed in the Philippines, and the president uh, Duterte is encouraging it. I don't think that we want to be a part of that. I, I, you know, it's like when you when you when you sleep with dogs, you get fleas. I just can't see it, um, and and I think that he's. Um, I just think it was a very very bad move. Yep, sleep with dogs, you get fleas. That's for sure. So now this is on top of, of course, his praise of Vladimir Putin whom he loves because he's a strong leader. So then, uh, so now he adds Duterte to the uh, quote-unquote strong leaders that he's fond of. Uh, On top of this, he invites President Erdogan from Turkey to the White House as well. This is a guy who has jailed, again, hundreds of journalists in Turkey, who is very close to becoming, to assuming dictatorial powers in Turkey, who just ran a special uh, uh, election in Turkey to give himself more executive or dictatorial powers, an election that is now being disputed and is being uh, reviewed by an international commission. But, of course, without waiting for the uh, results of that commission, Donald Trump already congratulated him uh, on a great victory and now has invited Erdogan to the White House. All right, so you get get the pattern here. Putin, Duterte, Erdogan, and yes, who's missing from the list? No longer because Donald Trump yesterday said he would be honored to meet with Kim Jong-un. Honored uh, to meet with him. After all, Donald Trump praised him when he was talking to John Dickerson from CBS and said, you know, this guy is young and he's got nukes. Uh, he's got to be uh, pretty smart. At a very young age, he was able to assume power. A lot of people, I'm sure, tried to take that power away, whether it was his uncle or anybody else. And he was able to do it. So, obviously, he's a pretty smart cookie. Yeah. What are we doing? How did he make sure his uncle didn't interfere? He killed he him. He killed him. He had him killed. How did smart he make cookie? Yes, yeah, smart cookie, <laughs> right? How did he make sure that his half brother didn't, you know, maybe take any of his of his power away from him? He Pretty had him smart killed. cookie, right? Just and now he says he'd be honored. Jonathan Carl from ABC News yesterday at the briefing at our briefing with Sean Spicer says, "Come on, you really honored to meet with this guy." This is somebody who has starved his own people, somebody that has threatened to destroy the United States. Just last week, he put out a video showing the capital getting destroyed by North Korean fighters. How could he be honored to meet with Kim Jong-un? Well, the president understands uh, the threat that North Korea poses, and he will do whatever is necessary under the right circumstances to protect our country from the threat that they pose. Whoa, whoa. These people are in so, so in over their head. And you know what the... What's the underlying fact here is 
that, and by the way, remember back when Barack Obama was running for president in 2008, and he said he'd be willing to meet with like anybody, anywhere, if it would be in the interest of the United States, and people just crucified Barack Obama for saying that. That was during the primary. In fact, Hillary Clinton was one who climbed, jumped all over him for saying that. But this is not what Donald Trump is saying. What Donald Trump basically, what's going on with Donald Trump is this. He's got such a huge ego that he thinks he can talk to anybody into anything. And all he has to do is meet with them because he has such a great magnetic personality. He really gets his rocks off on these meetings. No, nothing happens from these meetings. Nothing happens from these phone calls. That's what he does at the White House. He just invites people in. I've talked to people who have been to these meetings. He just sits there, listens, you know, smiles, says something dumb, and then end of meeting, and nothing happens. Uh, so it's just, it's just this need for him to have people around him uh, to, to, to tell him how great he is, and just by their presence, uh, letting him feel important. Um, and that's what's going on with all these meetings. But this meeting with Kim Jong-un is nuts. But his praise of dictators is really troubling again because I think somebody's got somebody's to raise the question, what do we stand for? What does the United States stand for if we have this president of the Philippines in the White House as an honored state guest? Or what do we stand for if Donald Trump is sitting down across the table with Kim Jong-un as if they are equal partners in the nuclear world. That's your, I mean, we are elevating him to the position of the prime minister, of the premier of, a, of Germany or the prime minister of, of the UK. Like this is outrageous. Th- th- this is a weird look into the psyche of Donald Trump. Like he just <laughs> wants to be respected by everybody, world leaders everywhere, right? I really do think that's what's behind all this, but like this is so weird and it's such a clear case of like you said this is who we are as a country we are americans this is what we believe in and screw you if you don't like it yeah right and and that has sort of been the the mentality of republicans i mean look at i mean if if i i, I can't keep doing this cuz i'll go crazy but like can you imagine if barack obama was telling kim jong un kim jong un or Duterte, yeah. come on, pop on over to the White House yeah, and yeah, let's yeah, hang out yeah. and let's shoot the breeze. We'll go down to Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> remember the apology tour that they accused Obama of going on? Yeah. Like this oh, no. This is nothing. I mean, the, the apology tour is nothing compared to this. No. Nothing. And so this, I think, it, what Donald Trump is missing here is there's a clear definition of who we are as a country and who they are as a country, whether it be uh Philippines their leader or North Korea and their leader or Turkey and their leader we are different than them and we have got I, to keep that separate and we can't become like them because I thought th- we I were mean, th- that's what we've worked hard to accomplish this yeah. whole time thought we were different well um more on Donald Trump uh yes uh, a couple of other things that uh, <laughs> Worth talking about yesterday, uh, you know, the Republicans are determined, the Republicans at House are determined somehow, maybe even today, they're really scrambling to try to get enough votes to get that repeal of Obamacare done. And they will take anything to put together 215, 216 votes, however many it is that they need at the moment. Uh, they failed once, as we know, 
um, big time. They failed last week again. Now they're trying for a third time this week. Their goal is to get anything, a repeal bill, to get anything out of the House so they can stick it to the Senate, get it over to the Senate, uh, and then it's the Senate's problem, not the House's problem, and House Republicans will be able to go out and tell their idiot supporters, hey, promise made, promise delivered. We promised to repeal Obamacare, and we've done it. The same thing they did 65 times in the previous four years under Barack Obama. What leadership? What brave Absolutely leadership. Nothing. But uh, it's they're helped by the fact that Commander-in-Chief Donald Trump doesn't have any idea what is in this bill. He he uh, insisted uh, in his uh, in an interview he's given so many I forget which one this was that the health care bill will leave protection for people who have pre-existing conditions in in the legislation. In fact, I mean you know facts do get in the way of Donald Trump. In fact, the bill does just the opposite. The reason, the way they were able to get the Freedom Caucus members to support this legislation is that they, they, the House Republican leadership agreed they will give states the option of taking out pre-existing conditions as a necessary protection for pre-existing conditions, as a necessary plank in any insurance policy. So, yeah, it may be there when it leaves Washington. But once it gets to the states, state by state by state by state, insurance companies may not be required to uh, protect people or to give coverage to people with pre-existing conditions. Just flat out, Donald Trump doesn't know what he's talking about, uh, doesn't know what's in the legislation, lied to the American people by saying, he said, I insisted that that plank be in there. It's there because I asked for it and I demanded that it be in there. The fact is... It is not in there. And in that form, if they get the votes today, uh, it will go to the uh, to, to the Senate um, and never get out of the Senate, by the way, in that in that in that, in that shape at all. Pre-existing conditions are in the bill. And I just watched uh, another yeah. network than yours and they were saying pre-existing is not covered. Pre-existing conditions are in the bill. And I mandated I said it has to be. I mandated it. Yeah. Well, that's not the way it works. No. And he has no idea what he's talking about. The fact about. is, uh, it is not in the system. In fact, uh, Donald Trump. This was in his conversation actually with John Dickerson from CBS. Um, that's one of the things that Donald Trump has learned that he cannot just mandate. He cannot just dictate like Duterte. He calls it an archaic system. Right? Archaic system, he was talking about. A system. It's just a very, very bureaucratic system. I think the rules in Congress, and in particular the rules in the Senate, are unbelievably archaic and slow-moving, and in many cases unfair. In many cases, you're forced to make deals that are not the deal you'd make. Uh, you'd make a much different kind of a deal. You're forced into situations that you hate to be forced into. Actually, that uh, archaic system is called the United States Constitution. Um, there are three branches of government, uh, and we do not have a dictator in the White House. And you do have to work. Yes, you do have to work through Congress, and you also 
uh, may have to work through the United States Supreme Court. You may call it archaic. Uh, we call it uh, democracy. Uh, thank you, Donald. Um, so if Donald Trump doesn't know what's in the health care bill, doesn't know how the United States government works, he doesn't know much about American history either. And he proved that yesterday by propping up, first of all, propping up Andrew Jackson as his hero and a role model, our seventh president, and also by questioning why we even had a civil war and sort of hinting that if he had been around, there would not have been uh, any civil war because um, he would have made a deal. He would have, he would have talked people out of it. Uh, here's Don. He was talking to um, Selena Zito from uh, the Washington Examiner. She has a show on Sirius uh, XM. I mean, had Andrew Jackson been a little bit later, you wouldn't have had the Civil War. He was he was a very tough person, but he had a big heart, and he was he was really angry that he saw what was happening with regard to the Civil War. He said, there's no reason for this. Uh, God, there's, where do you start? There's so much wrong with that. But he had a big heart. Oh, yeah, he had a big heart. Uh, and, and uh, well, let's let's see the rest of his, then the, we'll comment, the rest of his bite here about the Civil War. People don't realize, you know, the Civil War, um, Yeah. Was... you think about it, why? Why? People don't ask that question. But why was there the Civil War? Why could why could that one not have been worked out? Yeah. Why couldn't we have just worked it out? Like, for example, why couldn't we have just said, okay, you can you can uh, you can continue to have slaves. Slavery's okay. We'll just work it out. We'll I make a deal. Scream. We'll make a deal. Yeah. People don't ask that question. Yeah. Well also <sighs> all right. So let's just start. I mean, Andrew Jackson was no role model, was no hero. Andrew Jackson became famous because he killed so many Native Americans, uh, and so Donald Trump says that means he was a swashbuckler. No, he was a brutal, brutal military thug. Um, he also, Donald, uh, Andrew Jackson, he was a slave owner himself, owned 150 slaves, never freed his slaves like George Washington did. Uh, Andrew Jackson killed a man whom he suspected of having an affair with his wife. Uh, he, Andrew Jackson, he president of the United States, but hardly a person to hold up as a role model. You know, he was a swashbuckler. The swashbuckler, yeah. Who uh, gets described as a swashbuckler? What well, are we doing? And Andrew Jackson. What does that mean? Andrew well, Jackson, I might point out. Yeah, I had a big heart. He was not angry about the Civil War. He died 16 years before the Civil War started. He died in 1845. The Civil War started in 1861. Donald Trump doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. And by the way, no, we don't have to go back and ask why there was a Civil War. We know why there was a Civil War. We have studied that. We know that. We learned that as school kids. It was one of the most shameful moments of our history. We know because the southern states were locked into this immoral institution called slavery and would not let it go. And they were so willing to keep their slaves or so unwilling to free their slaves that they're willing to destroy the Union because of it. That's why there's a Civil War. We don't have to re-debate the Civil War today. So yesterday afternoon, or yesterday, late yesterday morning, I'm on CNN with this former Bush 
staffer. Director of uh, Black Outreach for yeah, the Bush White House. Yeah, director of Black Outreach for the Bush. Paris Denard, whom I'd never been on with before. And I couldn't what a believe. Treat. What, what a, a treat. treat it was. I couldn't believe he <laughs> actually defends Donald Trump on this thing. I think we should ask the question now, why did the country get to the point where so much division, so much hatred, so much lack of respect for basic uh, human rights uh, and, and looking at people that look like me, treating them differently? Why did this happen? Maybe he's saying more people need to ask the question why, especially millennials, especially younger people. <laughs> Hey, just oh. as a millennial, I'm going to take a hard pass on that one. I do not need to be asking that question. Why did he even put, it's just like, it's again, again it's like word salad. He wanted to say the word millennial, so he just like, th- th- these are the dumbest people. I, I don't understand what we're doing. Like, it, even after people called out Trump and said that, that those comments were, n- at best, nonsensical, right? He put out a tweet hours afterwards, and he says, yeah. yeah. President Andrew Jackson, who died 16 years before the Civil War started, saw it coming and was angry. Yeah. Would have never let it happen. Yeah. What in the holy hell are you talking about? That, he did that last night because he knew that he made this, you know, he said he was up to indicators. This guy also said Frederick Douglass is a great guy. He's out there. He's doing great things. A lot of people are hearing about him. A lot of more people are hearing, hearing about, about him. Yeah. This work. At any rate, this Paris Denard, he, so uh, st- I was stunned that somebody would... Uh, actually embrace, endorse, support as something as dumb as Donald Trump has just said. Uh, And I want to apologize to all of you right now because uh, I did not hold back. Bill? Uh, Let me just say, with all due respect, that's the most nonsensical statement I've ever heard on any television network. We all know why (laughs) there was a civil war. It was because the southern states treated people inhumanely immoral slavery existed. They refused to give it up. The last thing we need today is to go back and question or fight the Civil War. My goodness. Uh, Yes. I also pointed out that uh, obviously uh, Donald Trump got his uh, master's in history from Trump University. Uh, Yeah. But, you know, I thought Jake Jake Tapper made this point uh, yesterday afternoon, too. He said, well, or I think, yeah, it was yesterday he said, well, you know, we've had a march on science. Maybe we need now a march on history, yeah. a march for history, right? right? Yeah, just to stand up for the facts, the facts, right? So uh, the last thing we need is to go back and debate. Now, was the Civil War worth it or not? Or should we have had the Civil War or not? And why did we have it? And by if, if I were only alive, what Donald Trump is really saying, if I were only alive at the time, I could have prevented it. Yeah, I could have made a deal. Why couldn't we talk this out? Why couldn't we all get along? And you know what? What I'd like to ask Donald Trump is, it was all about slavery. So is the deal, would you have made the deal that the southern states could continue the institution of slavery in order to avoid the Civil War? That's the only way. That was the only way you could have avoided the Civil War. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We know no, where he sir. would have landed on that. It is, we are living in an age of gross ignorance, and it starts at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Oh, God, save the republic. Van Newkirk is here from the Atlantic. Uh, we'll bring him into the conversation. Uh, and you as well, don't forget your comments. Welcome on Twitter, at BP Show. Bill? 
Uh, let me just say, with all due respect, that's the most nonsensical statement I've ever heard on any television network. Follow us on Twitter at BP Show. This is The Bill Press Show. Live video, Bill's commentary, the best clips from the show, all in one place. YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Hey, what do you say Tuesday, May 2nd? It is The Bill Press Show, and we are coming at you from our nation's capital and joining you all across this great land of ours uh, on Free Speech TV, on YouTube, YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. On WCPT out in Chicago, too, and we're brought to you today by the United Steelworkers and their international president, Leo Girard, the United Steelworkers of North America's largest industrial union, representing over 1.2 million active and retired members. We thank them for the support of the program. And, of course, on all platforms, we are all part of the Young Turks Network. Joining us uh, with our uh, coverage of the news of the day, Van Newkirk, staff writer for The Atlantic. Uh, Van, it's great to see you. Thank you for coming in. Um, So um, you were already booked before uh, Donald Trump gave us something important I want to ask you about, which when he was talking yesterday about um, the Civil War uh, and about his hero, he's actually went to Tennessee and and, and visited his home and then went to the grave of his wife, Andrew Jackson. Uh, here's Donald Trump on the Civil War. We don't even, you know, maybe we should go back and look at this. Well, let's let him talk. People don't realize, you know, the Civil War. Um, yeah. You think about it, why? People don't ask that question. But why was there the Civil War? Why could why could that one not have been worked out? People don't ask that question. No, all the... All these years, right, since 1865, we've never, we've asked, never asked that question. Yeah, about why? why? Why did they have this civil war? Why didn't they just make a deal, right? Yeah, it's actually, you know, Trump is on to something here. We, we <laughs> need to start asking this question. Why? The civil war, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it is so absurd, right? Oh, goodness. The idea that this has never been studied in this country, that we haven't learned anything that we haven't well, I can tell you exactly what happened, right? So Trump went to Tennessee. He went to the Hermitage, right? He, he, he went to Andrew Jackson's home. Somebody at Andrew Jackson's home, if you've ever been there, they, they will give you a, you know, a couple arms full of propaganda for Andrew Jackson. Somebody told him some stories, right? Somebody told him some really pro-Jackson stories, and Trump being Trump didn't quite absorb them all. So somebody <laughs> told him about the nullification crisis. I, I guarantee this would happen. Somebody told him about the nullification crisis between Jackson and South Carolina, said it was one of the preludes to the Civil War, which it was. And it was the first standoff, you know, between the states wanting to do something and and avoid a federal tax and and Jackson in the federal government. Trump botched it completely, the retelling. I can guarantee you, without a doubt, this is what happened. Trump would be the worst competitor in the telephone game, (laughs) right? Like, you tell him one thing and what, what comes out, what processes... And then comes out of his mouth is something completely different. And they probably gave it to him in a way like this explains the beginning of the Civil War. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, my God, I've never heard this before. <laughs> you all need to hear this. The same <laughs> what happened at, when he went to the, to the National Museum of African-American History. 
here. And when he saw the the he saw the the one exhibit on slavery, and was like, this is really bad. Mm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, Doug, Douglas is an example of somebody who's done an amazing job and is being recognized more and more. I notice Frederick yeah. Douglass is more out more there. More. Yeah, about this guy really coming more and more. Up mm. yeah, he's doing real good stuff out there. <laughs> right, and and of course, Andrew Jackson was angry when he learned that we were going to have a civil war. He was very angry. Yeah, from the grave. That's that's amazing. Actually, that's <laughs> is, a swashbuckler, yeah. so you could do these things. <laughs> yeah, plus slave owner Andrew Jackson. He, he, he certainly would have been angry at the slave-owning states for... Actually, it's interesting, though, because he may have. I, I, I think Jackson may have taken the same tack as, as, as Lincoln. and did the same thing in the nullification crisis. He came down hard against the states' rights coalition. And, you know, Trump and lots of other folks, if you go to Twitter right now, Twitter has been doing the why was the Civil War thing for, for, for weeks, for whatever reason. Um, you know, it's not like there's any racism in, in there or anything like that, but... They've been doing that and trying to do the it's not about slavery thing. I don't think I've ever heard, and I've been looking for it over the last couple of days, Trump ever say the word slavery. Hmm. Yeah. Really? Ever. Well, uh, it, it's sort of, he didn't, I'm not saying he said the word, but there were comments about um, maybe his ignorance of, of that, of, of slavery, when he said about um we needed to build the wall because human trafficking is worse today than it was. This is worse than it's ever been in America in the history. Yeah. Right. There's more human trafficking today as if he just totally ignores the African slave trade. The triangle trade. And he also said, yeah. you know, life for black people is the worst it's ever been. They're living in hell. And it's like, actually, you know, I, I can leave my house. That's that's a, an improvement, on, at least on on slavery. Yes. Yeah, well, that's Trump. Yeah. You know, there's an underlying thing here that that uh, it's it's just like I thought that this had been fought and 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 won sort of in the on the in the big stage of 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 how we talk about things. But like, what was a civil war about, right? Like when I was a kid, we talked about this all the time because I grew up in Charleston, up in, South Carolina. Yeah, there was so where it started. Yeah, right. And. It was, was the Civil War about slavery? No, 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 absolutely not. There were a lot of people who would go to the mat to defend that. And I really thought that we had gotten to a place where it's like, well, yeah, of course it was about slavery. Whether or not you agree that it was the direct fight, right? Slavery was why the Civil War was fought. And it was a fight worth having. And so to have Trump sort of, to cut through his nonsensical answer, like at the heart of it is, was this even a fight worth having? Which I think is kind of a terrible thing to put out there. And we're not talking about enough. Because he's saying, you know, why? Why did we even have this? Should we even have this? Should we even gotten there? It's it's amazing, actually, because the one thing re the Republicans have always held on to has been the, the legacy of Lincoln. And the fact that the party was yeah. founded, in essence, not, not quite as a party of abolition, but yeah, this, uh, their mm -hmm. main... Policy plank for a long time was abolition. That was one of the key drivers of the war. And looking at the Republicans will always tell you, you know, especially as a, as a, as a black person, I always say, you know, we, we freed the slaves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, we, we fought to free the slaves. Yeah. And Trump is going against, you know, orthodoxy that has been pounded over and over, at least since realignment, by Republicans as sort of their their reason to exist. And, right. and it's actually amazing seeing him do that, do the one thing I don't think any Republican before him would have done. 
One little, um, uh, uh, you know, back uh, look back at uh, history not so long ago, not, not as long as the Civil War. Let's just go back. Uh, today is a historic day in a sense. It was six years ago today that uh, President Barack Obama went before the nation and said that we had um, eliminated Osama bin Laden. Uh, and it just so happened his address to the, that his statement from to the nation uh, came in the middle of it interrupted Celebrity Apprentice. Here's that little sound. Your team, because you're facing a very tough men's team plus Latoya. I definitely. <laughs> <laughs> this is an NBC News special report. That is music to my ears. Good evening from Washington. I'm David Gregory. We will hear from the President of the United States. He will address the country in mere moments now to announce a major development, we are told by senior government officials, concerning the most wanted terrorist in the world, Osama bin Laden. Man, what a moment wow. in history. Yeah, <laughs> it just makes you tingle to hear that. And, uh, and remember, that was the day after the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Yeah. It's and actually, you, you look at, like, the history of Obama needling <laughs> Trump. That is the ultimate it, troll. It is the best history and also the worst history now because it's clear that That was the things, night that yeah. Trump was there, that mm -hmm. night, Obama needling him and, 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 and seemingly just relaxed and having a good time. And he knew that. Because he, he knew during the dinner. That's when it, that's when it went down. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Oh, it's just, uh And the idea that they were all, and, you know, other cabinet members were there, and boy, nobody had a clue. Nobody had an inkling at all that this this tense operation was going on halfway around the world, right? And I guess it, Obama goes back to the White House, and then that's when they got in the Situation yeah. Room. I'm not really sure. Yeah, so, so yeah. Trump was a smokescreen that night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, God, what a moment, what a moment in history. Uh, you've been looking back on the L.A. riots. Um, I had a conversation with the L.A. station last week about that. Um, what did we learn? What have we learned? I would say almost nothing um, in the 25 Whoa. years since. It's, you keep seeing the same sort of story. It's actually remarkable. I was writing about five documentaries. There are five documentaries, a one-man show from Spike Lee, and there's, a, there's a, so much material out there now on the, the riots and the 25th anniversary and the most striking thing is the same exact, almost like the same exact stories happen over and over again in black neighborhoods. Uh, when we're looking at Black Lives Matter, we're looking at the same type of stuff where, where you, you got a confluence of both private citizens' violence against uh, black, black people, and you got that combination of that with police violence against black people. And those tend to produce unrest. And the only difference I would say now is that the cities are constructed a little bit differently and they don't lend themselves to the same kind of sustained protests and rioting that happened 25 years ago. But and, yeah. so, so the same incidences of police, pardon me, police brutality or police violence are still taking place, you're saying, with, with, with regularity? Oh, yeah. We but just not had a, generating the same response. Well, Ferguson did, obviously. Ferguson I did. I mean, not as bad, perhaps. Ferguson did. Um, I think Baltimore. I mean, I think Baltimore. Charlotte actually was was on the verge of becoming yeah. that type. Yeah. That wasn't that long ago. And now we have. I think it's just in the news now. What was it? Dallas. 
A young man was shot in the back of the head by police. Uh, who he was? They said he had his car in reverse and was going to endanger them, and he was actually driving forward. Mm-hmm. They shot him while he was driving away. Killed him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that one, well, I, I haven't heard much about that, but, but I, the headline I heard was the police department said that the stories of the police officers cannot be justified in any way. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. And I think now, you know, you've got a president promising to bring back uh, law and order. You have Jeff, you have Jeff, Jeff Sessions, Sessions saying much more than that. Uh, it, uh, I do not think they have learned what happened from the riots and—, and they are recreating the conditions almost exactly if you look at the lead up. Well, Jeff Sessions is saying any, uh, any, uh, all these attempts to um, examine police or examine police departments and their policies and their inherent racism in some place, in some cases, um, they ought to be just turned back, right? Abandoned. Dropped. Yeah. Even if you believe those efforts were half-hearted, as I do, if you believe they were a little bit of BS, they were the the main way communities were sort of diffusing mm-hmm. all that energy, all the all the decades of grievances from black people against the police. And even if you don't think they were going to lead to anything, even if you think the move to cameras was actually going to empower police as opposed to people, those were things that had been put in place to stop people from to say, look, we're working on this. Right now, Jeff Sessions says, "Oh no, we're not working on this. We're actually going to punish police departments who are going after, who are trying to implement cr- criminal justice. We're going to review all these consent decrees, and now what do the people have? Nothing." To what extent has this made a difference? Oh yeah, so so phones. I I'm picking up my uh, iPhone because, for example, just just uh, not sort of related, but these incidents of the the guy getting dragged off the plane, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, today, people automatically, right, pick up their cell phone yeah. right away and start recording. And same thing when they see people see uh, a police officer, you know, beating up on somebody, pick up their phone and start recording. So, and that that wasn't around in the Rodney. Of course, we did have a video of Rodney King, which is one reason it went national, the guy from, but it wasn't, I don't think it was a cell phone. But It, anyway. it wasn't a cell phone, but actually I would say those are the two things that make the riots the most analogous things to today. Mm. They were set off by two videos, two videotape incidents. One was Rodney King's beating, which was on a different, a couple different angles, and the other was Latasha Harlan's being shot and killed by the Korean shop owner. Mm. Those were both on video. And those yeah. were some of the first times we had those type of killings, beatings. You know, they said that happened every day. Yes, yeah. Every day in L.A. and every day in South Central, people got beat by the police. That was the first time we had it on video. And... I think in one of the documentaries um, by, by John Ridley, he's, it, they, they say there was, there was a person, one of the LA4, I think, who says, you know, we had it on video. We thought it was going to change something. Hmm. It didn't. And I, I, that's sort of the hopeless take on today. We have so many killings now. Almost every killing <laughs> by police is on somebody's video by virtue of, of body cams now hmm. and right. car cameras and Still, they don't spur any actual change among police. I, I, even since Ferguson, you look at the, the year-over-year numbers of people killed by police, they have not decreased. Yeah. So no yeah, – that's – yeah, that is really scary and frightening that, that as a nation we haven't learned anything. I think we're learning, and I, I think people are learning new ways to ignore it, though, at the yeah. same time. Yeah, I think it's almost – 
incontrovertible at this point that that police are more violent and brutal to to black people. That's something that people can't run away from. That's something even the the staunchest anti-reform people will admit now. But now they have so many more justifications for, and there's almost an intellectual complex developed around continuing that. And it's getting more, getting more and more robust. You see Sessions now saying, you know, look, yeah. you see the whole specter of crime being raised. Uh, they were so, I, I imagine, well, they popped champagne the night they got the crime stat saying that crimes actually yeah. went up. Like, it, they need those justifications. Is, is, the, is, the, is the problem the, the, you hear all about this, we need better, you know, training or, uh, is, is the problem the kind of people who want to go into law enforcement? Well, I mean... Like almost a power trip and... That's one of the issues, yeah. You, you have a... and They actually... This happened in L.A. riots, too. You have a militarized, completely militarized police presence, and they recruit the same way the Marines recruit, right? They recruit... They, they say, look, you're going to get out there. You're going to go bust down some doors and shoot people. Those are recruitment. If you've seen a police recruitment video in 2017, they are terrifying. And... They really pick off working class white folks who have no other avenues to gain both respect and money, and they're looking for both of them. And they say, look, basically the videos are them going to shoot and beat up black people, and they have little training paper targets that are black suspects, and they train them, and you know all the people that they, they do their little training tours, they go and stop and harass some, some black kids. That's... You build that. But what about the black officers or the Latino officers? Same thing. Same mentality? Well, you you got them also looking, and this is it's the same complex almost amplified, people who've never been respected in their lives, people who are always at the lower end of the, the, the power scheme when it comes to you know being harassed, being stopped. And you give them a baton. You give them a gun, right? And you also give them targets who are black. You give them, you know, you train them almost exclusively on people who are black. What are they going to do? But there must be, and there are, certainly, I mean, good people who just, from, from, they see it as a form of public service, just like some people see teaching. I mean, but, uh, teaching is a form of public service. Police officers is a form of public service. And they're in there for the right reasons to do the right thing and to really build a better community. Oh, yeah. What I, happens to those people? I'd say there's plenty of people in there who, who are in the, the, you know, they're in there for the right reasons. And they're pillars of their communities. You can call. There's cops you can call who, who are going to come over, and you know they're going to help you out. You know they're yeah. going to walk yeah. you across right. the street. Yeah. But I think what happens is, do they outnumber the others? I'm not sure if it, it's a numbers game because it doesn't. The numbers don't matter when the system is built in a way to cover up the 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 the, the bad incidents. You know, on a day to day basis, cops don't kill people, right? They're, a cop is not like you're going to you, you're running into almost the extreme if you if you meet a cop who's actually killed people now. But still, when their entire code, when their unions, when the law is, is built to protect the, the, the ones who do kill, the ones who do act unjustly, it, it sort of renders all the service by the good ones moot. Mm-hmm. Ben Newkirk with us from The Atlantic, theatlantic.com. Uh, what did you think of uh, Hassan Minaj? Uh, did you have a chance to see him at the White House Correspondents' Center? I did not. I was oh, actually okay. uh, right. up late that night with, with my the... newborn son. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best that's excuse we've yeah, heard. Yeah, right. Excuse. Okay. No, but he had some comments about, um, uh, particularly about 
uh, now you know what it's like to be a minority, which uh, I'd love to you take a look at it because I thought he was. Yeah, I've, I've uh, heard the. Here's, uh, here's one quick little bite. I know that you guys have to be more perfect now more than ever because you are how the president gets his news. <laughs> not from advisors, not from experts, not from intelligence agencies, you guys. So that's why you gotta be on your A game. You gotta be twice as good. You can't make any mistakes because when one of you messes up, he blames your entire group. And now you know what it feels like to be a minority. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Rings true, huh? Well, yeah. let's hope they, uh, that spurs them to hire some more minorities. That would be good. That would be good. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> but that whole idea that one little bad apple is sort of, it, it relates to the police forces too. Maybe it's not just one, but a couple of bad apples can give the entire department a yeah. bad name. And it, I mean, it's a right. direct parallel. If you got, you got a list now of, of, of bad immigrants, <laughs> of, of, of criminal <laughs> aliens, right? And that's the same thing, right? It, it's, Sure. You you yeah. scapegoat the whole group by the actions of one, and, and I think Trump and that administration is very good, and this is a very authoritarian tactic of of drumming up support against people by using one or two legitimate mistakes. Yeah. Uh, getting off from that for just a minute, you've also been writing about um, the uh, uh, new attempts to repeal Obamacare, and we're going to be talking with uh, Matt Fuller and Jen Bendry about that, too, coming up. But... Uh, um, your point. So they have until May to repeal and replace Obamacare. Why? I, I don't. Well, well, that's basically our budget cycle, and they lose oh, the it. authority uh, under reconciliation to pass it with a simple majority in the Senate versus the filibuster. Uh, okay. And we're in May. Yeah. Well, yeah. They have until the end of the month, basically. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think they may be able to eke something out that'll pass the House. That might appease enough moderates in the House, but doesn't look like doesn't even look likely there because what they had to do to get the Freedom Caucus on board was basically say, look, we're going to allow states. We're not going to actually remove the pre-existing conditions ban, but we're going to allow states to basically charge you infinitely more if they want. So there's really no reason uh, why insurers wouldn't be allowed to say charge you as a person with diabetes, you know, a person with diabetes, hundred thousand dollars a year for 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 their insurance. No yeah. reason. That's the amendment. It's it's almost absurdly bad policy. Uh, not even from a partisan standpoint. It's a thing that any staffer on any congressional office should have been able to recognize on day one and say, "Look, this is untenable." So it's definitely not. You know, it's not passing the Senate at, in its current form. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you take a bill, right, and you and say, "All right, there are all these good things in it," and then we have this rider in here that says. Any state can change it any way they want. Yeah. Isn't that basically what it is? Basically, and it's actually really interesting because it allows states to set the sole parameters for a federal mm -hmm. tax credit, which is almost unthinkable for Republicans. <laughs> like, yeah. If yeah. you imagine a Republican Congress doing this before where you give basically states a blanket per person tax credit, a federal subsidy. And you allow states to include almost anyone they want into that subsidy. That would blow the Freedom Caucus up before, right? Right. No yeah. way they let that happen. Grover Norquist probably having a stroke, <laughs> but somehow that's become the thing. And it's it's actually incredible to watch their logic twist itself 
to find more ways to kick people off health insurance. Okay. All right. So what is his son's name? Uh, it's Benjamin Elijah. Benjamin Elijah. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Who is now? He is uh, five weeks old. Oh, man. Yeah. You're right in the thick of it, man. <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah. No, no wonder you're not getting any sleep, bro. Oh, yeah. No, no wonder you're in the, willing to come in so early today because you've probably been up for yeah, five right. hours. Oh, I've been up for a couple hours. That's the best yeah. sleep you're going to miss, though. So. Well, congratulations. And thanks so much for your time this morning. Uh, you can follow Van uh, every day at The Atlantic, theatlantic.com. Matt Fuller joins us from HuffPost coming up next. This is The Bill Press Show. Hey, everybody, this is Bill Press. Thanks for listening to the Bill Press and Friends podcast. And now do yourself a favor. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Here's what you do. Just search for the Bill Press Show. Then you can take us with you and listen in anywhere you go. And you'll get new shows from us as soon as they're posted. And one more thing. If you really enjoy Bill Press and Friends, please help us grow by telling a friend, writing a review, and giving us a rating on iTunes. It's so great to have you on board. Many thanks. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show. Live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Well, we had a march for science after yesterday and Donald Trump's comments on the Civil War. Maybe we should have a march for history. What do you say, everybody? Good to see you today on a Tuesday, Tuesday, May 2nd. It is The Bill Press Show. We are here in our nation's capital, our studio on Capitol Hill. Uh, But we're also there with you, wherever you happen to be in this great land of ours, um, listening or watching. Thank you for joining us as we uh, take a look at the big stories of the day with uh, our guests and um, bring you up to date on what's going on, both in the Congress, right down the street from us, and uh, at the White House, five metro stops away, and give you a chance to sound off about it. On Twitter, send us your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. Covering the Congress, and they're very busy these days, trying to at least get something done. Matt Fuller here from HuffPost. Hello, Matt. Nice to see you. you. Good to see you. Yeah. 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 They're long hours these days? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you do the BP Show and burn the candle on both ends. That's what we like, (laughs) you know, after all. We like to run people into the ground, Matt. Yeah, I I was like, like, this is going to be one of those weeks where, you know, if you know on Twitter the, like, oh, thank I'm so happy it's Wednesday, like, in, on a Friday day. Yeah, yeah. Which is a horrible joke, but it's, you know, like, it's basically like the day of the week is, it does not comport. So. It's so funny how we used to make that joke and it used to be funny. Mm-hmm. And I think it went full circle. I think yeah. it, I don't know. I mean, it's back around, I think. I I, I just think it's way too it's close hilarious. to reality to be funny anymore. <laughs> right, right. Well, there's like, that I part. Literally there's that part. Go, oh, my God. It's <laughs> All right. like 103 days ago. It kinda <laughs> yeah, right. Good to have you with us. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. We'll jump into uh, everything that's going on down sure. the street here. But first, gotta give this it to is the Full Court Press. Yes, indeed. Just a couple of the stories making news. A huge shakeup continues at Fox News yesterday as Bill Shine, co-president 
was shown the door. They say he resigned, but uh, I think that they were just shaking up the the uh, organization there. Uh, he now, was, no, he was fired. Well, the, he- <laughs> the, the headline that they put out there is that he I resigned, yeah, but he was, right, right, he was fired. He was fired. He succeeded right. Roger Ailes, and that didn't last very long. Uh, it turns out that with all the mounting stuff against O'Reilly that Bill Shine was there for, it was just too much to keep him there. Now, this is a really sort of, like... I don't know where That's they're right. going to go here. What do you, what do you do with That's there? right. Earthquake. I don't know where we're going to go here with Fox News because Roger Ailes and Bill Shine were the guys that sort of steered Fox News into what it is today. And there's nobody there. Sean Hannity's daddy walked out for a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> may never be coming back. <laughs> I love you kids. Yeah, yeah. I'll be right back. Take care of your mother for me while I'm gone. Uh, so, like, we'll see what happens, man. But... Hannity, as of now, is still there, but Hannity could walk because he has a, uh, a a a clause in his contract that if those guys leave, he could leave too. Yeah, Hannity does have that clause in his contract, and he said last week um, that uh, uh, Bill Shine was being unfairly—he was an innocent man, you know, unfairly pursued—and basically said uh, he couldn't he couldn't work there if yeah. Bill Shine were not there. We'll see what happens. Uh, yesterday, Ohio Governor John Kasich delayed nine scheduled executions in Ohio. There is a court battle being waged right now over the state's lethal injection protocol. Now, we saw this fight happen in Arkansas, which the Ar- Arkansas went ahead and they those, did it anyway. Yeah, they, they put those people to death anyway. But John Kasich uh, did step in and delay those executions yesterday. So we'll see where this goes. It's in the courts now. Quite a contrast between how John Kasich approached that and Asa Hutchinson did in Arkansas. Yeah, Hutchinson just said, screw the law, screw we're, going we're, to, going. we're going to go kill as many as we can before the end of April. And yesterday the Trump administration took down two signature <laughs> programs that were put into place by Michelle Obama. Uh, she, of course, had her healthy school lunch initiative that she was rolling out, that she had rolled out nationwide. Donald Trump uh, rolled those back, and also she had a program to educate adolescent girls abroad. That is no longer a priority for us. Yeah, this is good for America. Let's feed kids more junk food. On TV and online. This is the Bill Press Show. What do you say on a Tuesday, May 2nd? Hello, hello, and welcome to the Bill Press Show. Lots going on here in our nation's capital. That's where you find us, our studio on Capitol Hill. But reaching out to you as part of the Young Turks Network on many different platforms on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. On Free Speech TV, hello, good to see you there on Free Speech. WCPT out in Chicago, and a new development as of today. Of course, our podcast as well, which you can get on uh, iTunes or just by going to the Bill Press Show. Uh, in case you miss part of the show uh, in the morning, you can listen to the podcast anytime during the day. And as of today, a new platform called Patreon. We have joined Patreon. It's a whole new platform. Very exciting. It's a place where we will be putting up uh, exclusive content. This is over and above our two hours every day. Special interviews, special commentary, special columns. You go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. Slash BP Show. Patreon.com slash BP Show. And sign up. Sign up. 
uh, and uh, we'll be putting up our first stuff later today, yeah. Peter. Yeah, go sign up. Some things we got planned. Uh, first up will be um, an interview with uh, Greta Van Susteren from uh, MSNBC, all about her days uh, uh, at MS and at CNN and at Fox. She does address the O'Reilly stuff. In it. Yeah, interesting stuff. And then we're working on, and that'll be up soon, uh, a special podcast series on the making of Bernie Sanders, including interviews with those who were there in the beginning and uh, and who directed his campaign for president. So there we go. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Patreon.com slash BP show. All right. You got it. So, Matt, you got to run to keep up with us, man. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are busy, too, huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For, for, we'll get you one way or another. We're like the 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 coctopus, right? <laughs> but we're like even more. It's like the uh, the don't bil- billipede. <laughs> we got don't more legs. Paris to the Coke brothers. No. <laughs> All right, uh, Matt. What's going to happen on healthcare? That is the uh, the not the sixty four thousand dollar question, but the trillion dollar question. <laughs> um, I you know right now it seems like they still don't have the votes. I mean we know they don't have the votes. If they had the votes, they'd be voting. But Mike Pence came up to the hill yesterday right. to get I, those the, last votes. Yes, right. the curative powers of Mike Pence. Uh, <laughs> um, so I still somehow doubt that he he can really flip this. But the but I will say this: How uh, many do they need? Well, they need theoretically twenty two. Um, they can lose. Sorry, they can lose twenty two. So uh, I think it's at so the numbers and now at two hundred seventeen. Uh, if Jason Chaffetz is gone, he's been having some foot surgery issues. It's back down to 216. Foot and mouth issues, foot I think. And, uh, that too, Chaffetz. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, there are, like, you could have some other uh, absences on any given day. So the threshold yeah. could be lower. Um, let's just say for, for our purposes, they can lose about two dozen, okay? Um, they're right around that number right now on hard, firm nose who are public. I think there's right now uh, 19 or 20. Who are saying, you know, I, I'm a no on this, uh, depending on basically who's counting. Uh, I, on our, our whip list, where we're um, keeping track of this stuff, I think we have 19 who are hard nose, and we have, I think, 10 who are lean nose. And I, and I really don't know if many of those lean nose could possibly break in their direction, but um, they could. And then there's another about 10 or so who are publicly undecided, and maybe another 10 or uh, 15 or so who are kind of shaky about this overall. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically you're around 40 members who are kind of uncomfortable with this who are not on board yet, um, meaning you know th- that would suggest that they are well short of the number here. Uh, the only thing is that the White House is seeing this and saying, hey, there's only 19 or 20 hard no's. Yeah, we got right. the votes. Let's go. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, people who have been at this for a little bit longer than Donald Trump, um, they're saying, you know, there's a, this is kind of an art and a science here. And uh, we're we're still short. There's sort of an education process here. There's sort of um, the whipping and the there's like a momentum to these things, and you you got to capture it at the right moment. So they're trying to do this without really changing anything in the bill, which uh, would again further complicate this whole thing. If you, I, you know, you guys were talking right. about the Freedom Caucus and bringing them on board, which was a whole, huge ordeal, and they're there. Um, it's just a matter of now trying to get the other members there and, and comfortable with a massive, significant change that drags this bill, which was already, you know, one of the most conservative pieces of legislation I'd seen come through the House. It is now, I very I feel very safely saying, in the seven years I've been here, the most conservative piece of legislation I've seen. Yeah. Whoa. And, yeah. Uh, and, and At least significant legislation. Th- yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then there's also the question about 
uh, what's in it and what's not in it. Uh, Donald Trump kind of muddied the waters even more yesterday when he uh, asserted, Jamie, that um, on pre-existing conditions, don't tell me it's not in there. I know it's in there because I commanded it. Pre-existing conditions are in the bill. And I just watched uh, another network than yours, and they were saying pre-existing is not covered. Pre-existing conditions are in the bill. And I mandated. I said it has to be. Yeah. Uh, are they or are they not? Well, I mean, depends on what your definition of is is. Um, he, he, so, yeah, I mean, there is the, still the guarantee, which I, I keep in hearing this word, you know, uh, it's guaranteed in there. It's in there. And um, it's, it's really not because they could raise prices so significantly. I mean, a state could opt out. and The only conditions are that they um, create a high-risk pool and uh, get the approval of HHS secretary. And, the, and it looks to me like the approval um, process and what the Freedom Caucus was told was would it would be, quote, pro forma. So it's not yeah. like this is going to be difficult for a state like Alabama um, or Texas or Florida. Or, you know, really, there's 19 states who didn't expand Medicaid. I think every one of those 19 states is a good candidate for this. And if you take the Freedom Caucus's understanding of that, um, the, this is sort of a Trojan horse amendment in, in itself because they Republicans have long believed – Hey, we'll be able to sell across state lines. These insurance cover, you know, insurance should be able to. Uh, someone in Kentucky yeah. should be able to sell from Ohio, whatever. So, um, if that were the case, and you know, again, this is difficult because you would need sixty votes in the Senate. But this has always been a, a key plank of the Republican plan. Someone in in Ohio, where um, a Medicaid was expanded, they're unlikely to, um, you know, opt out of those protections. They could buy a plan in Kentucky. And that would functionally undermine the market anyway, is, is mm-hmm. what they're thinking. I mean, that, that's right. actually the example that Jim Jordan gave me was, you know, someone in Cincinnati could just go across the state border in, in Kentucky and buy that that plan. And if you had to use the Kentucky doctors, would it be so bad, you know? And that's how they want to do health care. Right. Yeah. So, so it does have this massive state option, which means when Donald Trump says, no, it's there and it's going to stay there, I command it, demanded that it be there. Yeah, no. I mean, if it's it were if, if it were there, works. then you wouldn't have the Freedom Caucus on board. I mean, this is very yeah, simple. Right, I mean, you right. you have a lot of Republicans who are uncomfortable with this. And you know, yesterday, you had Billy Long, who is you know not someone who is much of an independent thinker or you know an obstinate Republican. He's someone who's very on board. But even he said, "Look, I campaigned on this. Uh, we all said we're going to protect people with pre-existing conditions. It's not in the bill. I mean, it just didn't happen." So, you know, there are some Republicans who want to quibble with the definitions. There's Trump who may or right. may not understand at all what he's talking about, but um, the Doesn't. people who do, right. I mean, that's the, the that's sort yeah. of clear here is he, he's, it's in there, it's in, it's there. And he's not going to go any, you know, any deeper than, oh yeah, we got that covered. Um, because it's, you know, it what it does is it's very sneakily could raise prices significantly on those people functionally pricing them out of the market. Isn't it, isn't it pretty clear that the entire goal of the House leadership is just to get, get this yeah. damn bill out of the House into the Senate and right. then let the Senate deal with it. I mean, and, and, and then they is, can go around back to the districts and we say, did it. It's on the Senate. we did it, yeah. we did it. Yeah. Um, and that, that strategy has some drawbacks too, but that's, I would say, I mean, this is clear in Charlie Dent, who's the chairman of the Tuesday group, the sort of the moderates, and he's been against this bill from basically the very beginning. Right. Um, he keeps on saying, this is, this is going nowhere in the Senate. And we kind of know that. I mean, um, the Medicaid expansion issues alone were enough in the Senate that this looked sunk. And then there's also, you know, Rand Paul, I think, is sort of still being opposing this from the right. Although, again, I mean, Tom Cotton and Rand Paul are both 
sort of saying they're opposing from the right, but Kentucky and Arkansas are two states that did expand and, and were helped greatly by mm-hmm. Obamacare. And, and, you know, for some of these people to wake up one day who were getting functionally free health care and now say, oh, you're in some weird exchange and you have to pay, you know, $600 a month or if you're sick, much more. I mean, it might make sense for them to oppose this from the right when right. and having sort of leftist concerns. But, um, you, you know, there's still Susan Collins. So basically, in, in, in the end, this does not seem like the bill that could possibly pass the House and the Senate. And in fact, Trump, you know, basically acknowledged that yesterday, saying, ultimately, I want something that's uh, as strong as Obamacare on, on the pre-existing conditions. It's not in its final form. Um, so he, but, he he knows it's not, but they just want to get it out of the House and move the process along. But, right? uh, okay, but... <laughs> Aren't they fighting, you know, yesterday's war in the sense that yeah. they, when the House, Republicans controlled the House and Democrats controlled the Senate, what was it, 57, 62, 65 times the House Republicans yeah, passed? Yeah, I think we actually counted up to 74 now, but oh, a, a, a piece of it okay. or something. Um, Got it. Bigger than thought. So 74 times. You know, they felt good. Yeah, they, they bragged yeah. about we repealed Obamacare. They didn't. All they did was pass something they knew was going nowhere. Right. Now, right. that was like that was the last Congress. This Congress, they actually control everything. Right. So yeah. are, they're, they're playing the old game. Isn't the new game to try to come up with a bill that could pass both houses and get to the White House? Well, the funny thing is, I mean, there's so many different actors here who have different motivations. Um, some Republicans, you know, are on this, this, we just got to pass something. I told my constituents I was going to repeal it. And, and that's true. Every Republican ran on that in Congress. Right. So um, they'll go out and say, I did it, we did it, we did right. it. Right. And then there are some other slightly more thoughtful members who are saying, hey, like, what? Do you, so, you know, we're going to get rid of this. Uh, we're, we're massively overhauling healthcare in, in America. And what does that do to, you know, the my constituents? And what does that do to the healthcare system? And that consideration really hadn't been there before because it's again it's just a it's a political messaging bill now it's very real yeah and uh, these people are are really concerned about this because I mean I, first of all you're seeing a lot of the backlash in these town halls and just in general to Trump and uh, Republicans who may not have felt very vulnerable two or four years ago or so are now extremely you know worried that this could be the year that they lose reelection um, so yeah. th- there's a lot of people who you know want to take a step back here and figure out how this all works and how it fits for their constituents and whether or not this is makes sense for them. Matt Fuller is with us from uh, what used to be called Huffington Post, now <laughs> HuffPost, <laughs> HuffPost.com. Uh, um, so much for health care. Uh, the other big battle, of course, has been, are we going to keep the government open? Yeah. Uh, well, last week they said, yeah, we'll keep it open for uh, another week. Yeah. Uh, and so this is <coughs> the week. What happens this week, Do yeah. we go another week. Or? No, we have a we. So there's a deal, um, basically in place here. Uh, they still have to, you know, agree to it. But Democrats and Republicans um, have agreed to an omnibus that will fund the government for until October. Um, on either side, you could say that there's not really many wins, but I would I would tend to think that uh, Republicans sort of lost worse on this one. Um, <laughs> it's kind of the way to look at it. Mm. Um, yeah, there, I mean, so there's no border wall funding in this. Um, there's there on the for Democrats, they didn't get the, what was called the cost sharing reductions, which is basically continuing Obamacare and really firming up um, the whole system here. But they didn't get those, uh, and the administration is supposedly going just to continue this. But it does leave um, Trump the ability to, to say, "I'm done paying it," and basically blow up 
healthcare, blow up Obamacare, and you know, and bring Democrats to the table after that. But um, yeah, there aren't really many wins. I mean, they, they're spending uh, theoretically at the caps that they set in 2011. Um, actually, they're you know effectively spending above that through uh, the you know overseas contingency fund and sort of these emergency appropriations, and they sort of stash some of the State Department budget in there so they could give a little bit of a raise to domestic. Um, but yeah, there's no. F- Border wall funding, um, but so this yeah. th- this would ex- extend um, till October. Til October, right, right, right. Five so. months at a time is that the best we can do? Sort of. <laughs> well, you're right, and and you, you know you're not hearing yeah. many people talk about like the regular order and the appropriations bills. Like no. how this yeah. is supposed to work is you pass twelve appropriations bills individually, yeah. doing this stuff. I mean they. Didn't get there at all. You know, they basically, you could maybe say they got one bill done with uh, the military construction in VA, which is the easiest bill they have in, in, in appropriations land. Uh, but, you know, we did this. We, we passed another continuing resolution and kicked the can until December. Uh, in, late, in late September, we passed that bill. In December, we passed another one, getting us to April 28th. And then, you know, April 28th, wow. we passed yet another one. Right. And now we're here, you know doing appropriations that were supposed to begin in October. So the I think it's the Washington Post this morning. I read it quickly this morning. But Democrats are claiming a big win here, and and the, the Chuck Schumer particularly, that they're in control of the process right now because um, they didn't get it. They, as you point out, uh, they were able to keep any funding for the wall out of here. Yeah. Also, the cuts to medical research, particularly or, or domestic programs in general, right? They that did, they were able to hold on to, and they got actually some increases in you know, it, opioid stuff, and um, there right. are some domestic spending increases. But the, I would say Republicans think, well, usually you know when you're going to spend above the caps we set, you get a dollar for dollars, like one dollar for defense and one dollar for domestic. They did break that alliance, so there is that. But still. You know, we're just talking about how much money you, you you're able to spend over the caps that we set, and and Democrats aren't opposed really to the the, the defense spending either. I mean, that's uh, one of the sort of the dirty secrets about Democrats in Congress right now is they're really fine with spending well, above so, but on the defense. This this, from what I can see, really. Uh, so it's really a question: to what extent does this CR that mm-hmm. they're passing yeah. reflect Donald Trump's? Oh, budget that he put out. Yeah, nothing. I his mean, wish list. Right. So first of all, and you saw uh, Sean Spicer yesterday say, "This is you know this is finishing work that should have been done in in 2017." Well, they had the option of doing that. I mean, uh, Republican leaders wanted to pass an omnibus, and Mitch McConnell told Trump, you know, a few days after he was elected, "Hey, let's just do this omnibus. Don't and clear this off your plate." And he said, no, no, let's do a CR. Not that he knew what any of this was at the time, but <laughs> right. advisors were telling him, let's do a CR, and then you can get a more conservative bill in April. And it just didn't happen. I mean, you know, we had the, we saw the skinny budget. This is nothing on the skinny budget right. side. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah we, you know, th- those cuts just did not exist in this. And and frankly, I mean, the fact that we're, we passed his first budget, I mean, it, you know, it may not have any, any of his like, signature achievements or what he wants in there, but... What it did do is it set the stage for, hey, in the past you agreed to this, right? So we we've set the uh, the expectation of you funded, you know, LIHEAP, assistance programs for people, low income people for heating. Um, you funded that in the past, and you know you said in your budget you didn't want to, but hey, you did this before, and it, we've set the expectation here. So it in, in some sense it's a, actually a bigger win than um, we m- might acknowledge because it's it's him saying. 
yeah, I fund this stuff. Yes, you know, I put this down on my budget, but I don't, you know, and when a push comes to shove, when we're going to do this in reality, I fund above the levels that we said we were going to fund at for domestic spending and defense spending. And I, and I don't, you know, have a problem with um, taking, a, I, I'm not going to be able to take away funding for sanctuary cities or I'm not going to get yeah. money for my border wall. And those things, you know, just aren't going to happen. I, I, you, you wonder uh, to what extent, I guess, Trump said yesterday, uh, maybe it was the day before, in his interview with John Dickerson, he was talking about his problems working with Congress. Um, if we have that, Jamie, where uh, he even says this archaic system. Here he is. A system. It's just a very, very bureaucratic system. I think the rules in Congress, and in particular the rules in the Senate, are unbelievably archaic and slow-moving and, in many cases, unfair. In many cases, you're forced to make deals that are not the deal you'd make. Uh, you'd make a much different kind of a deal. You're forced into situations that you hate to be forced into. So, does it... <laughs> Just listening to him speak, man. <clears throat> Isn't that sort of an, an underlying problem? I mean, he is a different kind of political animal than Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell are, for right. sure. Right, right. And, and and this point has been made many times, but, you know... You, he doesn't understand how Congress works. No, and, and, and he may be, you know, a deal maker in the boardroom or whatever, but he does not know how to make a Washington deal. And he's actually very bad at it. Um, and he doesn't understand, you know, I mean, frankly, what what gets these things done, what is power in Washington is knowing information and being sort of in the weeds on these things. Uh, that is not something you can say about Donald Trump. I, when the Freedom Caucus was negotiating with him, I think the day before they were supposed to hold this vote, uh, he had them over to the White House yeah. and, and, he and there's, they start going on about, well, this is, you know, basically undermine the pre-existing condition stuff is the only way to really lower premiums. He goes, ah, don't stop. I, I don't give a shit about the policy. You know, <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry about the little shit, is what he said. Uh, I just want to win. And the Freedom Caucus afterwards, I mean, these guys who, you know, um, they really do dive down in, into the policy. They, they hear this and it's like, well, I can disregard everything this guy says because he doesn't have, he doesn't understand what, I, what I'm saying. I mean, that's the conversation that Republicans have when they're whipping them on the floor is, well, this doesn't. Uh, this undermines the pre-existing conditions. Well, hold on. Let me let me let me explain to you how it doesn't because high risk pools and yada yada yada. Mm -hmm. And as long as they can get like a a five minute explanation, a lot of these guys feel a lot more comfortable voting with the team rather than hey, you know, it's the ones who look look <laughs> look at it past. Well, these high risk pools will take care of you because those people will go into this this system. Uh, who look at it a little bit longer and go, well, you know, the high risk pools traditionally are actually very expensive for those people, and there are a lot of people who would not opt into that or just could not afford those high-risk pools. Um, and, you know, it does risk, it raises prices and it's difficult for people. I mean, even just to get insurance on the high-risk pools, sometimes well, there's a waiting period. Well, my question, I guess my, not concern, but my question is, how can he ever accomplish any of his long-range goals if he and the Congress can't figure out or if he can't figure out how to work with yeah. this Congress? Because... You're right. Doing deals, he just says, I'm in charge. Yeah, this I is want it. this. Yeah. I want this building, right? Yeah. I'll go to the bank, and if I don't get it from this bank, I'll go to another bank. It's all. But he doesn't have to have anybody else as his kind of partner, right, right. in terms of right. negotiating and all that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> here in the Congress, he can't just call up right. and say, 
I want this. Do it. They, right. And in fact, he did call up Billy. He called Billy Long, who was one of his first supporters in Congress. The guy uh, Trump won his district by forty six points. Right. This mm. is a guy who should mm. absolutely Jesus. should absolutely be on slam Team dunk. Trump. Yeah, slam dunk. And he calls him up, and you know, Billy, what's, you know, come on. <laughs> and Billy Long is like, no, I'm not. I'm not going for it. I mean, that's the thing is that. You know, all we 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 think maybe and he a conversation has them down at the White House. He has them, right. You're right. right. He we, plays golf with them. Right. They'll have meetings. He sure. sends them, comes them down, and then and then they go. I still I'm still going to know for it. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. a lot. The, the 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 funny thing is that a lot of the dynamics here really haven't changed. So the Freedom Caucus has gotten on board, but these moderates who were who are expressing concern now, they've been sort of a no or expressing concern the whole way through. And I've you know I've, I watch these conversations every day happen on the floor and. Uh, I know who they're they're going into their offices. If they can't flip them in 10, 20 minutes, tw- you know, an hour, right, and then they go back the next day and do the same thing, it's hard for me to believe that um, they're really going to be able to get them just because, you know, Trump calls them or he sits down with Mike Pence on the Hill. Uh, these guys are still walking out the same concerns because, r- frankly, they're, you know, their concerns are legitimate, and anyone who looks at the policy knows that. Right. Uh, I saw a note this morning. It wasn't your article, but um, from CNBC – have you heard anything about this? Trump is considering breaking up the big banks. Yeah, that was a an odd comment from him uh, yesterday. And and it, what's funny is, um, you know, he said he says these things, and and the market just does not react. Whereas, because no one really takes him seriously on, right. on these things, <laughs> right? But it's funny because they take him seriously on. We're going to get tax reform. It's going to happen, and they go great. Ta- you know, this is going to be awesome for us, and uh, we're going to, you know, corporate taxes are going to going to be right. cutting more yeah. than half, yeah. and yeah. But they never take him seriously on 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 these things. Uh, so there's definitely a sort of he rosy also said view. he might release his tax returns, which I, I think might. is a total who knows yeah. who knows right right. Keep you in suspense. What do you think the chances are? That- <laughs> but you know, like just for a second, like on that whole thing, like at what point do we just say these interviews that he gives, yeah, or well, these speeches that he makes, like they just don't. Mean anything? I've already reached that point. You can't believe a right, but like, I, I, I don't. Think I, I have you can to believe a word that he says. I, there was no way in hell I was going to go out of my way to watch his interview with John Dickerson. I like John Dickerson. <laughs> I think he did a very yeah. good interview with Donald Trump, but it was all BS, all of it. And so, like, at what point am I just? Are we just going to stop watching? Because Trump is still good for ratings, but at some point we have to say, well, he's just saying stuff. Trump fatigue. Yeah, and it yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. Well, I will say that um, I know initially when you know the administration is saying we got the votes, we're voting, right? This was uh, end of March, and every reporter sort of dutifully, oh my God, they're voting and they've, they've got the votes. You know, administration says it. Yeah. Um, now they say this stuff, and you, you saw even last night um, Gary Cohn saying, you know, yeah, we got the votes, we're going to vote Wednesday or Thursday. Um, it used to be Wednesday, now it seems to be again pushed back because it's just so unrealistic. It, it, they could have voted on Wednesday. Um, and I think reporters are like, I'm not falling for that anymore. Or, you know, you I fool me, can't get fooled again. Yeah. <laughs> no saying in Tennessee. No, it's in Texas. <laughs> Maybe in Tennessee. <laughs> I haven't heard your bush yet. That was pretty good. <laughs> Strategy. <laughs> Is our children learning? <laughs> I, haven't, I, saw somebody I haven't pulled up bush in eight years. That was pretty <laughs> good, though, for to knock the dust off of it. Yeah. I, I, it might have been you that tweeted this, or somebody tweeted it yesterday that, like, you know when you know when they vote when they have the votes. Yeah. They don't tell people we have the votes and then schedule yeah. it for yeah. days away. They vote <laughs> when they have the votes. Yeah, and and they schedule these things without the votes. I mean, I've yeah. I, I've been around here. Uh, I remember Farm Bill in 2013. 
on the the when the farm bill went down on the floor, and then they had this ag only farm bill that they had split, and they started that whip count in the one fifties, right? And then um, a couple days later, they're around. They were short of two hundred. They're still south of two hundred when they're saying, "Yep, we're voting." So you know this idea that oh they'll have the votes when they announce yeah. and even then like they're 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 usually trying to finish up like two or three guys or ten guys as the case may be on some bills but this is one that it just doesn't seem a lot of people just have sort of intractable positions on this and it doesn't seem like many of them are moving although the one thing you could say is that these are moderates these aren't conservatives and these guys are the ones who are susceptible to leadership saying well you know. Uh, nice subcommittee chairmanship you got there. Be a shame if something happened to it. You know, <laughs> these are the ones who who really do care about that stuff. And right. the, the conservatives, you know, uh, I don't care. You can do whatever you want to me because they they got nothing. You know, that, those guys are on the science, space, and technology committee. It's not a, exactly a plumb position. You know, these ones are like energy and commerce, ways and means, and yeah. they're good stuff. Yeah. All right. So a uh, final question, uh, very quickly. How do you put up with Jen Bendry? <laughs> she like she's staring at me right now. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Jen's great. I mean, um, I, I I always love her, and I hope you guys ask her about the war authorization stuff. She's really great on on that and what's going on there. It seems like a forgotten thing in Congress. Um, <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, <laughs> well, we will get her side of the story yeah, yeah. coming up no, next no, year. No, no, I don't. Don't, uh, don't ask her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt, thanks so thanks, much for coming. Yeah, in. thanks for having All right. me. Well, let's get to work. And yeah. uh, yes, the one and only Jen Bedry joins us next. Also from HuffPost, we'll be right back. Why? People don't ask that question. But why was there the Civil War? Why could why could that one not have been worked out? Download our podcast, search for The Bill Press Show on iTunes, and remember to rate, review, and subscribe. This is The Bill Press Show. Same great show, new great channel. Stream live video at youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. Here we go now on a Tuesday, Tuesday, May 20th, May 2nd, rather. Only the second day of May. It is the Bill Press Show. Good to have you with us on the Young Turks Network. Good to have you with us looking at you on Free Speech TV. On our uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. And also on WCPT out in Chicago. If you miss any of the show, you can listen to the entire two hours on our podcast every day by going to uh, iTunes or to BillPressShow.com. And we want to tell you one more time about a whole new platform called Patreon, like Patriot, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. We just joined it today. We've uh, So we'll invite you to sign up for uh, if you don't get enough during the regular two hours, this is over and above exclusive stuff only on Patreon. Interviews, commentary, columns, everything uh, special we'll put up there on Patreon. Starting later today with a uh, recent interview we did with Greta Van Susteren from MSNBC. Yeah, we have a lot of really cool things that are going up there. Not just to get the content, cause we're putting up new videos and interviews. Uh, we're going to have a podcast uh, just for our Patreon people. Uh, called The Making of Bernie Sanders. We're going to start production on that today, actually. 
but there are also other cool things here on Patreon uh, that we could do, like a private live stream. Uh, we will, that you could get a chance to have you leave a personalized voicemail greeting for somebody. Yeah, this is the first time I heard about this, by the way. So yeah. uh, <clears throat> we'll see how that works. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But, we'll approve all the copy that you okay. get. Okay. Patreon.com slash BP show. We are almost in as many places these days as Jen Bendry is from uh, HuffPost. I mean, because I see her uh, everywhere, and it's a delight to welcome you back to the program this morning. How are you? I'm good. All right. Good. Okay. And are uh, you keeping up with this? It's You got to run fast, don't you, to keep up these days? I do run fast. I, I, I know you do. I also literally run fast because I play soccer, and I do it to help work out my my aggression from running fast figuratively <laughs> all week. But also, between... <laughs> And you cover both because I see you at both between the Congress, what's happening up here and at the White House. I mean, it's it's nuts. It is nuts. And yet there is nothing happening. Uh, you <laughs> right? know what? That's a good point. Exactly. A lot it's of a lot of noise. A lot of noise. Not a lot of productive, right. A lot uh, of act, frenzied activity, like a lot of meetings, a lot of phone calls. But what's really happening? What do they have to show for? Right. But yeah. So what's your take on the first 100 days? Which, according to Donald Trump, of course, is the most successful 100 days in history. Of course it is, according um, to him. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, again, if you, you have to be able to cut through the noise. That's the key, because there's so much noise from the White House right now and on Capitol Hill. So what, what do they have to show for? And, and if you look at the, the hard facts, he, the president got a Supreme Court nominee confirmed. That's a big deal, although it is... You know, there is the argument to be made that Trump did not actually do much because the Senate did all the work and they already had him lined up and they held the Supreme Court seat open for a year. So mm-hmm. it was all ready to go. Yeah. So yeah. but, you know, in the end, he can say he got a Supreme Court nominee confirmed. That's a big deal. Um, beyond that, he is. What has he done? He, he's passed. He signed a lot of executive orders, um, most of which don't really do anything. A couple, Some of them have, you know had some effects like the um, his immigration executive orders they've affected people's ability to travel and and whatnot um, but in the end there, the there's mus- really the Muslim objectively, ban, for example both two of them were executive orders that's true and and they both went to court yeah and, and they're stopped yeah so in the end uh, objectively he has not gotten very much done just that's, about the most successful in our country's history yeah Right. I mean, he just hasn't. I mean, it's it's not a partisan thing. It's what has he actually gotten done, and Cong- what has Congress done? I mean, they've tried to you know fumble with the issues that he sends them that he wants, and they're not able to get much done either. I mean, this week they're expected to pass uh, the budget to keep the government running. That is the baseline not requirement. A budget, but actually, I, I mean, I know she meant a continuing resolution. Right. It's technically it- a a temporary spending bill to keep the government funded. So this this is like baseline requirements for Congress is just keep the government open. <laughs> that yeah. this is where we are. So so this is the the most important thing they have to do is just fund the government and this week they're going to pass their their continuing resolution uh to keep the government funded through the end of September. They worked out a deal. It it's everyone likes it for the most part save some conservatives. Um, so that should pass this week, and that is technically an accomplishment. But the bar has become so low that we will be celebrating Congress passing a bill that funds Keeps, the government. That funds the government for five months. Yes, and then right. we will do this all over again at the end of September. And we were just talking to Matt Fuller about this, and a continuing resolution that 
in no way reflects what Donald Trump a week ago said, or two weeks ago now, right? This is my budget. This is what I want. All this money for the wall, cutting this, cutting that, slashing state, slashing um, EPA, slashing medical research at at NIH. But it is remarkable how they ended up where they did on on their continuing resolution. It does not have anything any of the, any of the Trump stuff in that it. Trump has trumpeted uh, for weeks <laughs> right. about what will be in it. And in fact, I would say Democrats somehow just came out on top on this one. There's nothing in there going after Planned Parenthood. There's nothing in there uh, gutting science. In fact, it has more funding for science in mm -hmm. it than mm -hmm. the last budget under Obama. Um, I mean, just pick a, a hot button issue. There's no money for the wall. Uh, there's, it, it's it's remarkable. Uh, Democrats could not have asked for something better in this situation, and for some reason, Republicans are also celebrating it. And I suppose it's because they oh, they don't want to shut down. Maybe they don't want to shut down, and they want to move on to try to keep doing something with healthcare reform and potentially tax reform. So they're just giving this one, letting it through. Mm -hmm. Um. You, uh, one of our favorite uh, issues around the Bill Press Show, um, I don't know whether you saw, we had a special um, podcast on April 20, 420, Pot I missed Legalization that. Day. Yo. I have um, no idea. You should have been in we the studio baked. with us here. Yes, we, <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> Why was I not invited? You should have come. You should have invited. Would you get high with us on air? It's legal in D.C., right? Yeah, right? Well, you yeah. do it on air, right? There it is. Jamie's getting high right now. I still have a leftover joint here. Oh, oh no, no, this is not April 20th. Oh, whoops, no, what? I thought I had a leftover joint in there. Oh, oh I have it. It's right here, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <laughs> What's the latest on the pot front in, the co in Congress? With the pot of the cannabis caucus. I love the cannabis so caucus. So one thing that is in the, uh, the government funding bill <laughs> is language that prevents... Basically, Congress just gave approximately zero dollars to the attorney general to go after states that have medical marijuana laws. And this, if anybody has followed Jeff Sessions at all, you would know that he is a pretty hardcore drug crackdown guy. He equates um, marijuana with cocaine or heroin. I mean, he thinks drugs are bad. They're all the same. They're all equally terrible. And we have to, you know, crack down on everything. And uh he just got a little bit of a smackdown from Congress because, as we were just talking about, the, the government funding bill that's about to get passed this week includes a provision in it that says no federal funds can be used in the following states. And it proceeds to list off 44 states uh, for uh, any interference in state medical marijuana laws. That means you can't you can't prosecute people who receive medical marijuana. You can't prosecute doctors who provide it. You can't do anything with federal money to mess with This states. is in the budget? This is in the in the in government the, funding bill. Yeah. yeah. It's a little tiny paragraph tucked in there and uh it, it's it's been in in previous budgets or spending bills so it's not unprecedented. It's been in this uh government funding bill uh in these bills since like 2014. It's added every time. So that's not that unusual that it's in there, but what is Notable is that this is still happening now under the Trump administration yeah, yeah. when they have an attorney general who has essentially warned states to be on alert because he is not happy about state mar medical marijuana laws. So Congress just gave him zero dollars to do anything about it, like zero. So he can't 
His hands are tied. Even if and even if he was put, pushing it for it, it, he can't like do it. Sounds like they put out policy language that directly contradicts what uh, Sessions wants to do. That's true. Um, except Donald Trump has not really made uh, this a priority for him himself either. Yeah. He hasn't said, "I want to crack down on state marijuana laws." But <coughs> what he has said is, you know, he, he believes in states' rights, and that is in line with you know the Republican thinking. Right. But it's Jeff Sessions who's who's gone out there and basically issued pretty thinly veiled warnings to states to, to be on alert because he's not happy about their laws. So the fact that Congress just gave him no money to do anything on this sends a strong signal that even under the Trump era, Republicans and Democrats alike are not interested in doing this. Yeah. No, that's huge. It really is. Because it's, 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 many states, um, California being my state being one of them, are concerned that um, that the um, opportunity that they've had where under the Obama administration, Colorado, Washington State, they just looked the other way. They didn't change the federal laws, but they said these states have decided this is what they want. You know, we're not going to interfere. And everybody was afraid Jeff Sessions was just going to single-handedly uh, send federal agents into these states, which would have been tough, by the way, also because something we talked about here on the program, those federal agents can't go into a locality without the cooperation of local law enforcement that's right uh, but and then if the states and the cities are saying no we're not going to help you out it's kind of there is one caveat to this though which is the 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 language that's in this funding bill um does not address states that have recreational legal marijuana laws so there's like eight oh, eight states is, including dc eight, uh, eight. where recreational marijuana use is okay um theoretically Jeff Sessions could. could use federal money yeah, to crack right. down on that. But the, the question the, is, the, would he actually the, do that? The language refers to medical marijuana. Yes. Yeah. Not right. recreational. On the recreational, you're right. Again, would he is one question. And also, would he get any cooperation, any assistance from local law enforcement, which I think is unlikely. And would people in Congress really want that to be the priority it, for the right. Department of Justice? I no, don't think so. Don't in both think. parties. Right. Like now, a bunch of potheads sitting in their house. That's like... Having a good time, Peter. That's <laughs> that's Relevant that's what we're going to be doing with our law enforcement. Uh, no. Can we look at our producer here? <laughs> 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 the show's going to pot. Get that out of your mouth. <laughs> it's not lit. We got oh oh yet yet. <laughs> um, so the real question of the day is, um, why did we have a civil war? <laughs> uh, we we got to get that in here. Are we, we really at this point? Uh, yeah. yeah, right. In May of 2017. I, like, I, 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 I'm like dumbfounded. Right. But this is the, the, this is the stuff we have to talk uh, about. Uh, th thanks to Donald Trump yesterday um, in his uh, interview with Selena Zito from uh, Washington Examiner. People don't realize, you know, the Civil War. Um, yeah. Was... You think about it, Why? Why? People don't ask that question. But why was there the Civil War? Why could why could that one not have been worked out? You know, think people, about you know why that. people don't ask that question? Because it's a stupid question. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, actually my favorite part of that clip. By yeah. Right. yeah. So so for 150 years, ever since the end of the and more since the end of the Civil War, nobody has ever asked why. <laughs> He raises a good point. Uh, why is... did we have that war? <laughs> and Jesus. why didn't somebody just make a deal, right? 
That we could have avoided. He says that we could have avoided. There's so many things bizarre about this. And why would he so say that things. Andrew Jackson would have prevented it because he was why? very angry about it? I mean, he was dead 16 years before the war. Right. Yeah. And uh, he was also a, a terrible guy. Yes. Thank yes. you. Yes. A slave owner and um, a murderer. Yeah. Right. But he had a big heart. But he had a Yeah. <laughs> he was a swashbuckler. <laughs> and he was a, a swashbuckler. <laughs> What, the f- what does it even mean? You know, he was a swashbuckler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I'm you know, a swashbuckler. <laughs> so it, it, it's just, uh, yeah, you're right. It's time, it's, it just stops you cold when he says something like that. I, I think, How do you respond? I think at this point, though, uh, there was another interview he did that you probably saw with John Dickerson, where oh, this th- is this... perhaps even more, uh, more uh, bizarre than than the civil war comment which is that's a that's a that is that's a low yeah. bar but when he are you about uh, to read uh, yeah the, i'm going yeah. to just say yeah let's because we haven't had a chance to, to to talk about that today at all where um not, not the archaic system but when he gets into the surveillance with john dickerson i think that's what you're talking it about is. right uh, and uh, um first of all dickerson points out so do, do you still believe that and trump just kind of shoves you know whatever and then Dixon follows up here and says, yeah, but you called him, you, you, you called him sick. Here he is. You called him sick and bad. Look, you can figure it out yourself. He was very nice to me with words, but, and when I was with him, but after that, there has been no relationship. Uh, Dickerson stands up. Now, so, come on, you really believe that? You mean, you, you really stand by that? But you stand by that claim about him? I don't stand by anything. I just, uh, you can take it the way you want. I think our side's been proven very strongly, and everybody's talking about it. And frankly, it should be discussed. I think that is a very big surveillance of our citizens. I think that's a very big topic, and it's a topic that should be number one, and we should find out what the hell is going on. Uh, all right, now just, let's just note, we proved our side conclusively. We'll talk about this, but then let him conclude here where he, this is when he shuts Dickerson down. I just wanted to find out, though, you're, you're the president of the United States. You said he was sick and bad because he had tapped you. You can just, take any way, you can take it any way you want. But I'm asking you, because you don't want it you to be fake news. I want to hear it from President Trump. Me. You don't have to ask me. Why not? Because I have my own opinions, you can have your own opinions. But I want to know your opinions. You're the president of the United okay. States. It's enough. Thank you. Thank Whoa. you very much. Right. So he's saying, my if I if I believe it, therefore it's true, right? We've proven that Obama tapped my phones at Trump Tower. No, they haven't. You know, he just it's so obstinate and so divorced from reality. He it's lives a- in his own world, doesn't he? <laughs> There's so many things to unpack from that exchange. He also said, I don't stand by anything. Yes. I yes, don't stand right. by anything. The president of the United States, mm-hmm. who makes outlandish claims that his staff scrambles to try to back up and explain away, now he's just stating he doesn't stand by anything. But in this case, he's standing by his belief that Obama wiretapped Trump, which is completely unproven. Nobody believes this except for Trump and maybe some By of Trump's way. supporters because Trump keeps saying it. But right. let's point out that the <laughs> director, out. the, the director, the, F, the director of the FBI, the national director of intelligence, the head of the Senate intelligence committees, the head of the House intelligence committees, the Speaker of the House, have all said it didn't happen. Donald Trump says, still says, we've proven our case. I don't stand by anything. I just, uh, you can take it the way you want. 
do what do you do like what yeah i mean how do you deal right with a man who's what's so the di- point so divorced from reality that's the thing what's the point of talking to him what's the point of interviewing him well, well I, say- I mean I, I look i know we have to do it i'm not saying we shouldn't do it but like well, when he gives these interviews that make no sense and then he contradicts himself over and over again they're meaningless things that he say the things that fall out of his mouth are meaningless this is how i feel about the white house press briefings under yeah. Sean Spicer. I, I feel agree. that from beginning, middle to end, it's a show and there's nothing meaningful that comes out of it. And oh, wow. if anything, Sean Spicer will make news because he says something uh, insulting or um, off message from what he's technically should be saying. And then that's the news cycle. And then like an hour or two later, he or somebody on background at the White House will tell a reporter that's not what he meant and clarify it. And then that becomes the news. Yeah, but, the rain- but it's all uh, self-contained. Yes. Sure. It's a self-contained bubble of drama that doesn't actually affect real people. Now, there's there's something going on which I, I can't kind of figure out. But, like, on the one hand, Trump is more abusive of and, and attacks the media more than anybody else, day in, day out, you know, like Saturday night again, right, calling all these names. On the other hand, it's almost anybody who knocks on his door these days could get an interview with him. You could. I could. I you don't know, think that you or I could I, no, get an interview. No, I think interview. you're right. There are some limits. I have still, thought about it. I really don't think but, he would give us an interview. No, but still, he has given more one-on-one interviews he has. with people that we know than Barack Obama did. He's done more in this 100 days. Barack Obama did in eight years. You that's, know? that's a good point. He really has. So what? And then in those interviews, he says he's crazy things. So like, what is his raw attitude toward the press? He wants attention, but only on his terms. That's a good, yeah, that's a good analysis of it, I think. For example, John Dickerson, uh, you know, he brought him in. They had this little spat. He, he says, he shuts it down, goes to his desk and shuffles his papers. And then they hopped on Air Force One, had dinner together. They did? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. I hate that. The thing yesterday, CBS This Morning yesterday, they were broadcasting from the White House. And they had, they interviewed Ivanka. They interviewed Sean Spicer. They interviewed, I think Pence was up there. And this is like just a giant infomercial for these terrible people. And that's, I mean, look, it's just, they're all liars. And I know that that's part of what happens when you're in the White House. You want to control the message and it means some like bending the truth, right? But they just say outright lies. It's like, stop. Just just stop. Sure. (laughs) We didn't have a chance to really get into this with uh, your colleague, Matt Fuller, before. But um, so uh, Donald Trump, a uh, week before last, put out uh, his great, no, it's the last week, actually, his great big tax reform plan. You got that, got, had to get that in before the 100 days, right? Is anything going to happen to that this year? What, are you, what do you hear from? For some reason, Trump and his people seem to think that this will be a lot easier than health care, for healthcare. example. Um, or just about anything, you know, healthcare is the big hurdle, and then they can, oh yeah, then we'll go ahead and do tax reform. I think it's that's not true, and I think most people know that it is extremely complicated because it involves money, <laughs> people getting money, people who are not getting money, um, written into the tax code. And it's the entire tax code. Right? Yes, it's Which the entire does, tax by code. By the way, does need reform, but R- true, but uh, ain't going to be easy. The way that Trump wants to do it. Uh, according to his plan, would obviously significantly benefit the rich and hurt lower class or lower income and middle class people. So 
that is fundamentally what it does. And there's a reason that tax reform hasn't passed in a long time. So 1986. So if I time. if I feel like I come on here and make bets a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if I had to bet, no, I don't think they're going to pass tax reform this year. I also don't think they're going to repeal Obamacare really? because that's a Not complete even. disaster. I mean, I'm sure Matt Fuller, when he was here earlier, talked about it. He's that he's on that all the time. But they it's the bar. The goalposts have been moved so many times that at yeah. this point, what they're trying to do is House Republicans are trying to just pass anything out of the House. It doesn't almost matter what is in it as long as they can have the votes to pass it shove it over to the Senate and be like, okay, we're done. We did our part. Maybe it's not going to go anywhere now, but we passed our Obamacare repeal, repeal bill and we're done. So it's on you, Senate. And then they could, then they're done. They're happy in their districts because they can run for reelection and say that they voted to repeal Obamacare. But the problem with that is the substance of the bill matters. Right. Remember yeah. policymaking? Yeah. Um, and they still can't even get that. So you know, it's, a, it's a mess. The reality is they control everything and they can do nothing. Yeah, that's the thing. This is all chaotic right now, but the narrative is building and has been building for a long time that Republicans don't know how to govern. That's what it comes down to. Well, there is this this uh, thinking that they have gotten so good at obstructing under right. Obama yes. that now that they control the reins, <laughs> they they have forgotten how to Paul lead. Ryan almost admitted that yeah. you know a few weeks ago when he said, "You got to understand, you know, we haven't been." Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Tim Bedry, we're out of time, but it's so great to see you. Thank you so much for coming in. All right. Again, you can follow Jen at HuffPost. HuffPost.com. This is The Bill Press Show. The Parting Shot with Bill Press. This is is the Bill Press Show. Hey, friends, you know, of all the crazy things that Donald Trump has said, this could be the craziest yet. Yep, in an interview with Sirius XM. Donald Trump praised Andrew Jackson and said he could probably have prevented the Civil War. Quote, he was really angry that what was that he saw what was happening with regard to the Civil War, said Trump. There's no reason for this, he continued. People don't realize, you know, the Civil War. You think about it. Why? People don't ask that question. But why was there the Civil War? What? Why could that one not have been worked out? Because there's so much wrong with that, it's hard to know where to start. First of all, Andrew Jackson is no role model. He killed thousands of Native Americans. That's how he became famous. He owned 150 slaves He shot a man that he suspected of having an affair with his wife. He is no president to put up on a pedestal. And secondly, there's no way Andrew Jackson could have prevented the Civil War. He died 16 years before it started. Third, what does he mean that nobody asks the question why there was a Civil War? We know what the Civil War was all about. It was about an immoral institution called slavery, which southern states were so unwilling to give up that they were willing to break up the Union in order to continue owning slaves. And the only way that could have been, quote, worked out was to make some kind of a deal that Southern states could continue the practice of slavery. Is that the kind of deal that Donald Trump would have made and would have supported? No. 
Donald Trump is wrong about Andrew Jackson. He is wrong about the Civil War. And he is wrong about slavery. Obviously, Donald Trump must have gotten his master's in history from Trump University. This is The Bill Press Show.